Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. I need, a, I, need Folks, one of those, I need one of those arms, too. One of those yeah. mic arms. Arms. <laughs> I have two arms. I have two. Oh, you mean mic arms. Yeah. Yeah, I have one of those as well. Yeah. You humble brag. <laughs> I have Dave's like, I've got so many mic arms. Oh, yeah. They're coming just all the out, I look like Doc Ock. <laughs> I look like a pod, podcasting Doc Ooh, Ock. Joe yeah, want, Rogan's like, <laughs> Doc Ock. <laughs> I want, like, eight arms coming eight out. Eight little podcast, all holding little the microphone same mic. arms. Yeah. Oh, hi, everybody. Oh, fine. Hello, everyone. <laughs> My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Archive 81. Archive? Archive. 81. What does 81 mean? We're looking for an artist. Someone who can restore a recently acquired collection of damaged videotapes. Well, uh, what kind of damage? Fire damage. There's just one hitch, because the materials are so fragile, they can't be moved. So you'd be doing the work at our remote research facility. Creating this archive, putting this puzzle together, well, it would mean the world to everyone who lost someone in that fire. I don't know. I assume it's it's based on a podcast, so I assume maybe it has some significance to the podcast. But boy, the title doesn't make a lick of sense uh, based on the show I just watched. So this is a this is a show that. It, so is this popular? This show popular? It's, getting, it's it's a little buzzy. It's a little buzzy the past this past week, and because there wasn't really a big new movie release this weekend, Dave and I were sort of thinking, well, we could go back and cover some streaming movies that we missed. Uh, we ultimately decided to cover Archive 81 because it seems like there's a little bit of buzz both, around it. It's kind yeah, of in our wheelhouse. And yeah, like you're trying to say, we both already watched it. Yeah, we both so. happened to have watched it. I realized late we could have also done Hawkeye, but like, eh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not shitting on Hawkeye. It's just like, I don't know. Uh, it's well, Hawkeye. Also, I didn't watch Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, okay. I have not I do, seen. I, I, do I have, have not seen one minute of Hawkeye. So, I, all right, you should watch Hawkeye. I enjoyed a lot of Hawkeye. I had some notes, uh, but generally speaking, it was it was a delight. No, uh, it's so no, there it's, we go. We're yeah, done with Hawkeye. Yeah, it's not a show I'm avoiding. It's just uh, it's very yeah, gone around it, to it. It's very hard for me to watch TV uh, because it's such a time commitment. So I usually don't. I've brought this up, I think, on eight, 11 different podcasts now, but I'm still only halfway through Squid Game. Like, I just, right. it, it takes well, me forever to watch a show, even if it's one that I want to watch. Here's what it is, is that, okay, and this is getting us to the subject we're going to talk about. Um, it's hard for me to watch. In the case of Hawkeye, I was stuck on a plane that was, like, delayed, uh, and so I just got to watch the entire thing uh because i was in a, a single place and i couldn't go anywhere mm -hmm. um for me it's hard to watch tv that i need to focus on um in other words it's hard to watch tv that i give a shit about 
because then I have to sit and watch it. Uh, well, it's, a, it's, it's the easier. time commitment, right? It's the time commitment. So it becomes easier to watch a show. Like, for example, Hannah has, you know, uh, she puts on like a uh, uh, drag race or um, a Brit- Great British Bake Off. Uh, those are shows that I quite enjoy because I'm doing something else while it's happening. And it's uh, it's a delight to like, you know, you look over from your screen and you're, you, you know, you get the point. Uh, and so Archive 81, I kind of finished because at a certain point I stopped caring. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so it was, uh, it, it, I wouldn't call it, like I wasn't on my computer or anything, but it was like, you know. I'll I'll solve a crossword puzzle. Like mm-hmm. I get I get the gist. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or like, oh, I'll watch it if I'm a little sleepy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, other shows it's harder to do that to commit time, especially when the show really demands full attention. Yeah, it's uh, tough. This it's, there's only so many hours, and a TV yeah. show asks a lot. It it does when you get older, I think. Because I remember days where I just sit and watch something all fucking day. I watch True Detective in a day. Uh, can't do that as much, you know? No, it becomes more difficult. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah this- so, so Archive 81, it's, it's a, it, was a, it was a good premise. I mean, we talked about it. Uh, well, an eye-catching premise, an intriguing premise. We talked about it on Hypecast. So it's, yeah. you know, it seemed like within our wheelhouse. So, we, you know, we watched it. It also has largely good reviews. Um, yes, yeah. It's the reviews have it's gone like it's it's scores across the internet has gone down a little bit since it first came out, but it's still generally well reviewed. Uh, what did you think of Archive Eighty One, Tom? Um. Okay. I <laughs> I thought it started real strong and then really peters out at, in the last couple of episodes. It's I I really like the premise. I like the mood, but it kind of falls apart. I think toward the end. Yeah. Especially, say, especially when it reveals that it's going to continue for another season. It's like, boy, I don't see how boy. you're going to do. Yeah, it's like you really should have. There's another show I, I watched recently that did the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Yellow Jackets uh, reveals itself to be that it is going to be a continuing series, and that like immediately deflated ninety eight percent of my no. interest in it. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll say right now, I will not be watching season two of Archive Eighty One. No, it's not. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's just I would call this like mid two thousands network TV level, uh, where it's like it does have a compelling premise, but ultimately it just felt like we we can do better than this TV wise now. <laughs> if that makes sense, like it feels like it falls into the. It, it it feels like a show that would have come out right after Lost came out and yeah. was trying to be another Lost. Like, yeah. And-, and ultimately, it didn't really need the mystery box element that it created. Like, it created such a thick mystery box that I assumed there was something better happening than what they reveal. It was like, oh, that's the thing I assumed was happening. And you're telling me that that is, in fact, what's happening. Okay. Like that was the like obviously spoilers. Yeah. People. Yeah. But it takes it sort of starts implying like there's a cult in this. Yeah. It's the uh, first thing. Yeah. You, the first thing you see is this old snuff film. I guess we should briefly run through the plot. It's about this yeah. guy named Dan who's hired by this uh, mysterious guy who is Martin Donovan, uh, Hap from Insomnia. 
Oh, yeah. uh, the, the Al Pacino's partner that he yeah, accidentally that shoots. shoots. <laughs> um, I don't know if I meant to shoot Hap on purpose. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't sleep. Um, <laughs> you just summed up insomnia. Good job. <laughs> it's the Good entirety job of insomnia. insomnia. Yeah. yeah, it's all you need to know. Um, so Dan is is working for insomnia. Uh, for for yeah. Hap. Uh, As who, who I think is, one of our one of our patrons described it like they live in a literal like mystery box. Yeah, he <laughs> lives like, in yeah. a mystery. But yeah, he sends him yeah. to this. Uh, I mean, it, it, Martin Donovan's character is very conspicuously named Virgil. Uh, and Virgil mm-hmm. is Dante's guide through hell. Yeah. Um, so uh, Dan takes this job to restore. He's he's like a video file. He 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 collects rare vhs's he'll go to like lots and just buy lots of uh recorded vhs's just to see if there's anything interesting on them um the uh right. he uh, works at yeah the, and he the works at a museum, museum like restoring old old videotapes so that's kind of his his bag he's like obsessed with it we learn his whole family died in a fire so he has this sort of obsession with restoring old memories so he gets hired by virgil Virgil Davenport, who is the CEO of this mysterious company, to restore these videotapes that were recovered from a notorious hotel fire in 1994 uh, at the Vesser, I think it's called. Visser. The Vesser. Visser. Visser, yeah. Visser. Um, also conspicuously titled. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to sort of like put together what happened. And these videotapes are, were filmed by this uh, woman named Melody who was doing a college project on the hotel, so was or filming so it. Think. So so we think, but it, we eventually realized that she is there for another reason, which is to try to track down her mother. She was put up for adoption at birth um, and got a mysterious letter from her mom indicating that she was living at the Visser at some point. So she's going there under uh, ostensibly doing this project, interviewing the residents about living in this building, but she's really trying to see if anybody there remembers her mom. Right, so, which makes sense because otherwise that is the lamest project because she's just like i'm gonna interview people in this apartment building about like their lives and like all right yeah (laughs) it it seemed weird it seemed weird they they did try to set it up by saying well the visser was is sort of like a famous landmark it was built on top of the ruins of this creepy old mansion that also burned down um Mm. and it's there's creepy thing it's like visibly a creepy building it, it's kind of like uh the fucking evil evo shandor's uh high rise right. in ghostbusters where it's very obviously cult shit was, yeah, was the reason building. this building was built yeah um so as he's re- as he's reconstructing the tapes uh he starts to notice spooky shit in them and then spooky shit starts happening around him um he's he has to do the videotapes per virgil davenport's orders at this isolated research facility that they have which looks like like, cell phone yeah it's got barely any cell phone coverage like you said it looks like a literal mystery box it's like a it's like a dot-com office only everything's concrete yeah, it's more the brutalist, like yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's, it's like, an impossible it's, building. It's, like a, it's a building. It's, it's an office building from Blade Runner, basically, is what it looks right. like. Right, but it's also in the middle of the woods. Yeah, and it's just like wh- okay. I mean, th- it's obviously a like if I saw that building, I would be like, well, this isn't a place anybody is living, but it's in the uh, uh, the middle of a secluded forest. It really seems like a place 
that is up to no good. Like there's no other there's no other reason for it. Yeah. Um I think anyway. I mean in the show's defense, I think Dan kind of knows that he's being paid a lot of money. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To re- restore these videotapes by this kind of shady dude, they're not telling him a lot. Like There's he's cameras yeah. in the yeah. So he's kind of aware that it's shady, but then like by the end of the first episode, as he's restoring the videotapes, he notices on one of the videotapes that his father is there. So like from that point on, it sort of kind of excuses any time that you would be like, well, he should quit. Like he should get as far away from this as he possibly right. can. But it excuses all that because he, now he has this very personal hook. Like his dad's there. He want to know. He wants to know how his dad was involved because obviously his whole family died in a fire when he was a little here's, boy. So yeah, yeah. Here's where things for me started getting. It's not that this is like a plot hole or character problem. It's more in the writing. Is both Dan and Melody in their timelines mm-hmm. get to this point where they're aggressively against their environment where they're living dan in this mystery box melody in this apartment and they know something's up yeah and that sort of relate that like that translates to them just being assholes does that make sense where like there's so many times someone like dan or melody will look at someone and just go fuck you yeah like literally word for word yeah they wouldn't stop having the characters say fuck you to people and it's like can you think of another way to make this work yeah that's Uh, because they're just coming off as really defiant but they're not leaving either so it's like this weird combination of like they're just like really angry all the time yeah there's it's it's a curious writing thing where yeah they're very very combative in situations where they're trying to at least a little bit fly underneath the radar i don't know right and it's like if you're all right if you've decided to stay and play ball play ball like then like if you're trying to get information from these people seem like you're into it or something I, yeah like, <laughs> i feel like there's there's at least two scenes and i think there's probably more where dan has an angry conf- confrontation with virgil and you know it, like what you literally said it's like fuck you and walks out that happens more than once yeah it does it happens a lot and it's a part of it's like can you think of another way to write this scene but also like if they should also try in general, just it, like it would have been more compelling if Virgil didn't realize any of the, like he uh, he keep they confront everybody always all the time. Yeah, they like keep when he find, sees his dad, yeah. yeah, and he's just like like she'll in Melody, she'll go up to the people and be like, "You're in a cult." Fuck right. you. Yeah, the and guy- it's like stop saying it. They're gonna kill you. Yeah, there's a there's a guy in in okay in 1994 in Melody's timeline. There's a guy named Samuel who's clearly like he's like a professor. Um, or something. Yeah. I think he's a professor, but like he's he's clearly like sort of the captain, like the community captain of the apartment building. Everybody sort of looks to him. He kind of dictates what's what. Nobody really makes a move in the apartment in the viscer without right. Samuel saying. And she almost sleeps with him on the first night. Like there's a little bit of attraction, but like from that point on, I th- very quickly she discovers something kind of shady about Samuel. Like they're having this weird ritual in the basement in their community room around this uh stone idol that no shit looks like the alien from independence day yes once you or actually before you texted me that that was part of the thing that i was like excited about is i thought for a while because the beginning credits also imply that this was going to be alien related or sci-fi and it kind of is but ultimately i think it is i think 
you could it's Lovecraftian, so you could interpret this creature that they're praying to um, as an alien. As for an sure. alien, it could be an alien because, like, the whole point is that this cult is obsessed with this alien who is somehow related to this comet, and he can control or it can control like time. So if you pray to it and give it a vessel, it can open up a rift between its dimension and our dimension, and in its dimension, time doesn't exist or it's more fluid. Right. And it um, exists in the in images, so first photographs, and so we've gotten to this point where obviously, yeah, we have really high quality video. And now they're trying to capture it on video. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the whole this the cult from beginning with the mansion that burns down, and then these people in the in the apartment building on top of it in 1994 and then now in the present there's clearly some people who are still involved with the cult they're all just trying to do this uh, ritual to summon this demon and they're trying to capture it on on video and the whole point is to open up a, a, a door to its universe because he will give them power I guess. I mean, what a, yeah, what, a, what, a cult, cult what, a, what a cultists ever want. You know, that's fine. It's like because time is fluid in that dimension, technically death does not exist. So I get it's it. It's the ninth gate. It's what's his face pouring Fucking gasoline. Frank Langella. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gasoline. The fire's not burning me. It's like give yeah. it a sec, Frank Langella. Yeah. <laughs> it sure it's like, will. It's still burning the gasoline. To- Wait yeah, till what it gets are you trying to, to achieve here, buddy? Yeah. Like I love that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, starts it out by like so stupid. Like he holds his he holds his hand over a flame. It's like I don't feel the flame. So right from that, from holding his hand over a flame, he dumps gasoline on himself and sets himself on fire. It's Amazing. Like, maybe stagger out the experiments. Right. Um, There's got to be something between those. There two has points. to be something in between holding your hand over a candle and, <laughs> and complete immolation. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, that's the basic gist. But like the the what I was getting to is Melody very quickly learns that there's something fishy about Samuel, and she confronts him at least twice an episode about it. Yes, <laughs> and like- so the yeah they make this convenient thing in the in the show where at least Melody they need her. Yes, but she doesn't know that. No. So so. If you're confronting a cultist and you don't realize that they actually need you, you have leverage, she doesn't think they have leverage. So at any point, they could literally just kill her in her sleep. She lives in the same building with yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. She, she moves into the building for, you know, plot reasons. And um, I would argue Dan does this as well, but I'm not sure they need Dan. <laughs> uh, like, well, that's one of the reveals is that Virgil does not, at least the way the 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 this season ends, doesn't appear to actually be bad. Like he's yes. he's trying to like we learn that Samuel is his brother because he's we trying see, to get his brother back. Right? No, he's trying to prevent any. He's trying to see what 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 his brother was actually able to do with this cult nonsense right. and prevent anyone else from doing it. Or at least that's right. that's the last that we hear from him. You're in right. This season. You're right. Which really begs the question, why doesn't he just explain that to Dan? No immediately? idea. Immediately. Because well, you and don't the, have a show. Yeah, exactly. Because it's all, it's again, it's all the decisions of the characters serve the mystery box. Yeah. So, like, it's a lot of people doing decisions that don't really make sense yes. when you put it all together in the end. And, and this is a big one where Virgil is just acting really sketchy, withholding a lot 
even when Dan's like, what the fuck is my father doing in that those videos? Like he like you're right, is that's why Dan doesn't get killed because Virgil is just good. Mm-hmm. So that just means he's just like being weird and withholding. Uh and like Dan would yeah, they would have the same interests. Yeah, where they, he's like, turns, I'm I'm just trying to figure this out too. As it turns like, out, they do have the same goal. Like they're yeah. just trying to figure out what's happening on the video and he needs right. Dan to clean it up. Um, and he could literally say that. Could just to Dan tell him that. You could just tell him that, but then we wouldn't yeah. have a show. Uh, yeah. So, like, I'll say, because we're, we're talking a lot about like what's stinky about this show. Uh, I did like I like the premise. I'm I'm a sucker for haunted videotapes and like haunted oh, paintings. Me too. I love me that too. shit. Uh, eat it up. Yum yum yum. Um, and I did really like the mood of this, like, kind of the vibe of this show for the first several episodes i was really into it there's um, a good vibe for sure i yeah. will say it's not scary no uh, it's creepy like there's a good i think there's, there's a, some creepy moments yeah yeah i think there's a good like steady simmer of creepiness but like yeah. it's yeah it's not ever really scary but there's it, a it's a good like it's spooky it's like a it's yeah. nice little, like nice little spook em up I would say the more I learned, the less creepy yeah, it gets. Yeah, the less... Well, I mean, and that's, you know, what are you going to do about that? That's kind of, like, true of a lot of horror yeah. stories. It's like the more you understand about what's going on, the less scary it gets, but... I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily what it... Like, that. Uh, that's not necessarily a good thing, you know? Um, I would say this is, like, gothic mystery, Um for that reason. is like, once you start seeing the demon alien, it's like, oh... Okay, then, you know, like the more the more like I didn't get the feeling that they knew how to do horror moments as much as keep it at that simmer you're describing. Yeah, so, and there's, like, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, except they do try. Like they do a moment where he sees the demon in the reflection, was, right? And it's just like, oof. I will <laughs> like, say, I will say that helped set up a, a moment that I that genuinely did make me go like, oh. Uh, and it's you keep seeing the demon in reflections and like barely like in like static snow, like you right. s- you'll see it start to form and stuff. Um, so they they set up that he'll see stuff in reflections and Melody will as well, uh, and then turn around and they'll be gone. Uh, and that builds to a moment in the last episode when Dan is actually able to cross over into the other world to try to get Melody back, and they're in the other world together. Um, and she sees the demon in a reflection behind her and turns around and it doesn't go away. Like it's still in the mirror behind her. Right. Like that was a that having those previous moments to build up to that, I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes it like a little bit of a payoff. Like, yeah, you, that's you ex- a cool device. So you expect it to go away when she turns around and it just fucking does. And I was like, oh, oh no, get out of that room. <laughs> yeah. And I'm honestly surprised more horror doesn't do that because yeah. what we're talking about is a very common trope. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, you'd think more horror would do the trope where you see the reflection turn around and it's still standing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is a good idea for sure. Um, but it is sort of also the only trick they have. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the, pretty much. There's the, the only part that visually really creeped me out was when he first goes into like that junky uh, apartment. And like you're not quite sure what you're seeing yet. Yeah. Uh, and for a second it was creepy. And then I said, 
oh, are those junkies? And then the guy comes in. He's like, these are junkies. These are junkies. Like, it's Melody. Oh, Melody right. goes in there, not Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like Samuel shows up. Did you, uh, <laughs> I think we had this conversation. Well, not this conversation, but um, this little tidbit in the uh, the Empty Man episode. Did you recognize Samuel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he? What is he? His What's name is on? Evan Jean Jean Keat. Um, he's in the Empty Man. He's a uh, he's Deputy Nick from Bone Tomahawk. Guy gets split in half oh. down the middle. Oh, and I'm looking him up. It turns out he's also Toad from X Men. Yeah, and he's uh <laughs> he's the dead husband in um oh gosh the Rebecca Hall movie that just came out with the ghost that's in the, negative space. The the Night House. The Night House. Yeah, he's he's the dead husband right. in that. And he's, well, he's, he, gets, he gets stabbed and thrown off a mountain in the beginning of The Empty Man. So he does. He's, he's really hammered out a niche for himself for being in these weird, creepy-ass movies. Yeah, I kind of want to see him, like, get graduate to, like, something else in these movies, like main characters. Well, he's a main villain in this one, so good for him. Yeah, 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 that's true. Good for him. But I just also just didn't really care for this movie. This show, uh, yeah. Or show. It really, I was, I was really into it and then it kind of in the last i want to say definitely the last episode but i want to say like the last three episodes it really started to fall apart for me well you were texting me things that i realized like it had always kind of right there was there was always it it was it wasn't well written it was the characters again as we've said they sort of just exist to serve the plot points that mm-hmm. they need to happen yeah as opposed to it feeling like they're naturally getting to those places yeah there was a number of times and i i you're right i was texting you as i was watching it as i was noticing these moments but i was kind of forgiving them because i was enjoying the vibe so much so i guess yeah. it just became too much of it but basically the character's frequently will just do things for no reason just because the story needs them to like for instance this is like the clearest example i can there's there's several of them but yeah the first one i really noticed was they make a big hullabaloo out of how there's no cell phone coverage in the mystery box uh fortress where dan is working on these videotapes so there's a scene where he wanders out in the uh forest to find a spot where he has coverage finds a spot and then ties a string around a tree branch there so that he can find it again. And at the time I was like, oh, that's a really cool device. Me I, too. I that's thought that gonna, was cool. Yeah, that's going to come back. I know that's going to be important somehow. Like he knows, first of all, it's just like a good trick like to for yourself. Like, oh, I'll think about that the next time on a place with spotty coverage. Um, but like you, you're thinking of all the ways how that could come back in like a spook em up show, right? You're like, oh, the string could get moved or like somebody could take it down. Um, anyway, so they have a whole, the point is, is they have a whole scene establishing that he looked for and found a spot where he had coverage and then left a marker there for himself so that he could easily find it again. Um, after that, I think within the same episode, but it might've been in the next episode, uh, it cuts to him wandering through the forest again, looking for a signal and him stumbling upon this spooky cathedral that's boarded up. And it's like it's it's completely ignoring the fact that we already saw him search for and discover and mark a spot where he has coverage. It's ignoring that because the script needed him to wander around in the woods and find this creepy cathedral. Yeah. Also, I that think of any other reason for him to do it. Yeah. Him marking that place. It ultimately does not matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's the weird thing about that. They could have just said 
you have cell phone reception in this house. And it wouldn't have changed the plot. Because he, he, it's the idea when they were like, there's no cell phone reception. I was like, uh, classic horror. And then he's just making calls throughout because he can go out to the woods. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, well, all right. Just give him cell phone reception in the house. You save yourself some production. Yeah. Like locations. Uh, I don't know why you did that. It's It's, weird. It never serves the plot. Because most of the time... Cell phones ruin a lot of movie plots, right? Especially horror movies, because there's yeah, they're just doesn't. like, well, you can just call at any point and like get help or get information or figure out where you are. So very often, what these movies will do is is take the cell phones out of the equation somehow. So like they do that, but then they immediately re- put the cell phone right back into the mix, right? And what what I thought what I thought is there was going to be a part where he's injured or something's after him and he has to go into the woods to call for to help. get help and yeah. then we have spooky woods and he's looking for that thing on the tree never happens no nope. never matters there's no reason for it and it's it's a lot of that i felt like like the whole so i get why they have his house get burned down and his dad die right sure but ultimately that doesn't really matter because at the end they're like by the way the cultists or these witches or whatever they burnt down the house and it's like oh all right like yeah (laughs) yeah, a lot of stuff like that where it's like so that wasn't that like he could have been killed in an alleyway and they they also do that thing in that flashback where he's playing the tune that turns out to be the cultist tune yeah and his dad is like why are you playing that don't play that so i thought oh is he significant in the cult they do they ever explain why him as a kid was playing the same tune like his, Did he hear it? I think that has to do with the the parabolic uh, device of the time bending thing, like how it's uh, the opening up okay. the the access to the aliens dimension kind of like makes time loop back in on itself. So like, uh, and then when so when he goes into it, it's sort of like Twelve Monkeys, where it's right. Like, and I I thought when he goes into the dimension and they try to trick him into his father being there, yeah, I thought they were going to try to explain it there. But the problem is it's so vague. Yeah. And that's kind of the issue with this is they it's why it really is like my least favorite form of mystery box. Um or well not my least favorite, but my least favorite is obviously the ones that don't actually explain anything. Yeah. Uh this explains it. It's just once it's explained, you're like, Yeah, that's what I thought in the first episode. Uh and then all those little extra things don't re- like there's so many red herrings it feels like yeah that like it's like in the end it was like so it was the thing that i thought it was and all that extra stuff didn't really matter uh not in any like significant I, or interesting way because it's season one like that that's the biggest reveal honestly to me was that this wasn't a limited series and that they intended yes. to go for multiple seasons so i think maybe they'll answer some of those or, or uh, red herrings or or other little tidbits that they drop because there's a lot of breadcrumbs they throw at you. Um, mm-hmm. And let for me like, tell you, I won't be there. For yeah, when they well, it's like them. there was stuff that was interesting, like the old lady that lives in the apartment building. She has this necklace that's made from meteorite fragment, and like there's this whole thing about her sister who was actually her lover. They just said that they were sisters because of the time um, to like excuse why they were living together, and like. She painted the, her her uh, lover wearing this necklace, and then there was this whole bit about her lover killing herself by jumping into a into the uh, off the bridge into uh, I I think the George Washington Bridge, one of the 
big ones in New York. Um, so like there was that, and then there's the stuff with the Samuel keeping secret junkies, and then there's like you said the thing with the the theme song that Dan's sister somehow knows, and we don't know why she knows that. She's just playing it on the piano and can't remember where she heard it. Um, there was a lot of breadcrumbs like that that for the first couple of episodes you're like wow they're really this is really creepy and like i'm not sure what's happening but as this as the season progresses uh, the actual answer is fairly simple so all these other breadcrumbs are kind of just confusing like i started to lose track yeah. of a lot of threads because they don't end up tying together to like the main story so i was like oh what's what is all this now? And, right. and, and again, in fairness, this is season one of a show that is meant to be ongoing. So maybe that is all stuff that is going to eventually but, matter. But it just for this one, for the viewing of this one season, it made it more confusing than I like. Like, I don't I don't want yeah, another lost. I do not have that energy. <laughs> so. Yeah, here's what I'll say about the idea of a mystery box and the idea of more seasons of a show is like another show that very much touches on, you know, cultists and like trying to figure out what everything means would be something like lovecraft country now whatever your views on how that ended (laughs) i felt it had concluded um while opening keeping things open does that make sense where it's like yeah uh, yeah it's that idea of like this plot that we've been following has concluded but we've left these kind of threads to opening up the, the next season where it doesn't you know, like, and I think that's what they were trying to do here. But the problem is that, yeah, I, I knew I had assumed there was a cult and I assumed it was in the building and I assumed this guy hiring Dan was involved in some way. Uh, and so I, it was like, there was nothing more to really learn. And so all those extra things just felt messy. Uh, and then, yeah. And so it's just like, they never really promise anything with them or give us any new information by the end that makes that stuff compelling. So it all feels like stuff that was meant to throw us off that they probably said to themselves, eh, we'll figure we'll it figure out it later. Out. Yeah. Or maybe they already have a plan, you know, and yeah, it's just... Yeah, maybe they do. Like, we've already pointed out that this is not very well written. Um, so maybe they do have a plan and it's just like, they're not just not executing it very well. Yeah, um, maybe. There's a couple of things that really made me laugh uh, that definitely weren't supposed to. Like, um, the, there, a lot of it circle centers on this snuff film that um, this kind of uh, William Castle type character who in the 50s, this, this uh, horror director, discovers this uh, snuff film, which is a film of... Uh, the cult's ritual being performed in the mansion before it burned down. Um, Mm. So he sees this video and makes a TV pilot out of it called The Circle, I think, which is already funny because of that terrible movie with Tom Hanks and Patton Oswalt. Um, But he makes a pilot for a show called The Circle, which is basically The Twilight Zone. And that's the it's a recurring theme throughout the, the season. Like, that's the first thing we see is like Dan is like obsessed with trying to track down this particular show um just because it's a very it's extremely rare and he's obsessed with rare uh footage um right so like that 
show is it's like i love that kind of shit like that really scratches uh, an itch in my brain of like oh spooky old footage that's tied to like a spooky character and a and a and a, a rare tv show that's like been buried and like oh what sort of crazy crap did they get up and like spooky old hollywood really appeals to me but it, right. it, it sort of winds up like not, it doesn't really matter <laughs> Like it doesn't, uh, it doesn't no, have that, anything that, to do with anything. Um, but th- that stuff was all like supplemental. It ties. It, just, it like it's not a mystery. Like they answer those questions. Yeah. But like how the movie tied in, they're just like, oh yeah, and I guess your uncle was kind of interested in this. Yeah, it was too. just. It's just the ritual they do. That's all it was. And it, it's, yeah, and it's like all the ever... character, the movie guy, yeah. was just like some guy who yeah. saw the ritual once. He was just some that guy. It. That's it. He just he saw the video became obsessed with it thought it was really uh, resting and tried to make a pile out of it and it didn't go like that's and i, I think maybe that'll come into play in this in the, in the second season if they do one uh is the, the, like his daughter is a character in the 1994 sequences uh and yeah. in, in in the beginning of the season like they acquire the the footage uh, of this show because she put it up for auction and then she dies so that'll probably be something creepy happening around that but like the fact that it's this repeated image and it's like such a such an offer to to, to like me specifically because of what i right. mentioned like of how i just all that stuff like really interests me uh in terms of making a spook show uh to just have it be so so inconsequential was a big letdown but anyway um yeah because it is just the ritual. There's oh, it's just the ritual that they do. That's it. That's all it is. There's no deeper secret behind right, the they, video, as as and intriguing they, and mysterious as it is. Right, and then they show the ritual, like they show that specific ritual happening. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, we saw it. Now we know <laughs> yeah. what this is. Uh, but what's what I was getting to is that one of the fucking most unintentionally hilarious moments of the season is as we see, there's a flashback episode that to the to the people in the mansion doing the ritual. Uh, so we see that ritual happen real time, and then we see in 1994, Samuel repeats the ritual with another victim that's supposed to be the host for this alien. And in both situations, what it is, is they get around, they do this creepy chant. I will say the chant is very effective. Like, that's the creepiest thing it's about the show. Yeah. It's, it's the music, and then the way, it's like, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, tempo. So it's not like it, it doesn't immediately it's like arrhythmic almost. And then there's a yeah. lot of like uh, just breathing in it. It's very creepy. It's, yeah, it's very funny when a character is like they like have a character hear it and they're like, oh, that's a pretty song or something like that. It's like, it's it like, absolutely it, isn't. It's yeah, like the like, scariest song ever made. Yeah. Hard disagree. Hard like, disagree. Oh, that's pretty. What is it? Oh, it's an old Irish lullaby. I'm like, the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe an Irish one. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so in both the rituals, they 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 do this chant, and then they have this this person who's a sacrifice. They they uh, slash their throats, and then the the alien demon, whatever it ends up being, the Independence Day alien, will be able to cross from its uh, imprisoned realm into ours. Um, so in both uh, in times, they show us the ritual. The person who gets their throat cut drops immediately like they got a cow to the to the temple yep, yep which like, is very just, funny like it's just like they flipped they flipped their on switch to off like they flipped yep. their switch to dead and they just collapse They're, on the ground and it's very also, very funny yes they also don't know it's happening so yeah. it's just like shoop, here's that's very funny you know what's also funny when they perform the ritual at the end 
the one of like the his podcasting buddy who didn't really need to be in it is like i'm not gonna get my throat slit for this we don't have anybody to sacrifice and the woman who is now like the exposition machine who they really sweatily work her in to earlier episodes yeah she's this groundskeeper that's lurking around the mystery yeah. box fortress where dan is working and the reveal is that she is actually melody's mother who is this right. who is this witch part of this society who's trying to keep the demon from crossing over and like that's who virgil is working with Right, and it's so it's so obvious that she's something. Yeah, uh, because she just ca- they, she shows up in a few scenes to be like, "Remember me? I'm a character," and then leaves. And then at the end, it's like dun dun dun. It's her. But she, when they do the ritual, and he's like, "I'm not gonna have my throat slit," and it basically comes down to her being like, "No, we don't need to do that for this one." And then they don't. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, wait. Yeah, so she, that wasn't. She just cuts us. her hand and is able to to do a spell and open the gate herself. It's like, oh, we could have right. just done this the whole time. Well, what's wild about that is the past rituals still need them to cut their hand. They need so they need a blood of the witch, right? So yes. in like that's in one. So they do this thing where they set up that he has a bunch of blood in his basement too. The um the rich guy in Dan's timeline. He has a bunch of th- his company. Cause they have a, they own, yeah, they, have they, a yeah, they own like a company, whatever the, what is it called? Like the something, it's a number in you 23 yeah. and me, 23 and me, I think it's, and they basically, it, so that, so they could track down somebody that had this lineage. Right. And so the idea is they need melody in the past because she has this lineage and he uses, he cuts her hand and uses her blood mm-hmm. on the statue but then they, on top of that, kill somebody. Yes. Separately. And so the, the, like, that's where it's like, okay, so you need to sacrifice a life and you need this witch's blood. And then once you get to the modern version, they do something that I thought was going to be smart, which is there. So Dan decides I need to open this portal because, and, because Melody, he learns Melody has been, is in the portal. So I need to open the portal to get Melody out. So we're going to do this ritual. And he goes downstairs to where all the blood is stored. And it was like, oh, that's cool. He's using the blood bank to find the lineage. And then that doesn't matter. He brings the blood in and then the mom shows up and she's like, no, I can do it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So we didn't need that at all, huh? Uh, and then, and then she's the the mom is like, yeah, we don't also we also don't have to sacrifice anybody, and it's like, oh, so none why of this. <laughs> why didn't we just do this before? Yeah, yeah, it was so none of this matters. Huh? Yeah, All again, right. it was it was just another instance of they just they needed something to happen, right. so it just happens. Right, because it would have been neat for to have a situation where it's like, shit, we need to sacrifice someone to save her. Yeah, and like. What are you going to do about that? Who are you going to sacrifice? Are you, is it worth it? These are all complex questions that the writers were not interested in asking. Not so at all. they just wrote it so that the ritual changed for no reason for the last one. Yeah. Uh, and they have the mother say something that's just like, nah, we don't need that. She says something like, well, well, we're not trying to summon the demon. We're just trying to open the portal. Yeah. And it's like, what is the difference? Um, so it's just it's very messy yeah. in in its execution and writing. It's all about it really feels like it's that top down where they thought of spooky moments mm-hmm. and then they wrote a, a way to make those moments happen as opposed to yeah, thinking they, of a story. They just have characters do things that make no sense to have those moments and just move the plot along. It's 
Remember yeah. the drawing? It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, the drawing doesn't fucking matter at all, does it? It real it's only to serve as exposition. Yeah. So they can finally learn, oh, she's in the she's in the there's like a friend of there's a friend of Melody's who uh, Annabelle and I don't know yeah. why, but she becomes suddenly I guess it's this they work in this idea that there's like a muse element where it's like artists it's an well, artist cult. Uh sometimes? Yes, it's more the fungus. So like fuck, I forgot about You the forgot fungus. about the fungus. It's there's like a stranger things element there where it's like this fungus that will start to grow if you do a little dance and and try to contact the the uh demon this fungus from its world will start to I- invade your world uh and they the people in the the apartment building um have like that's what the junkie wing is for basically it's like all the right. junkies did, are in there with this with this mold and so like what happens with annabelle is the old lady in the apartment building gives her paints that are made from the fungus so the fungus starts to like get into her brain possess and, her. yeah and possess her basically wait so when did the fungus what causes the fungus i think making the connection with the demon they explain oh, it okay. briefly and i forget exactly what it was but like reaching out to it without you know without doing the ritual so like what happens in the flashback episode in the mansion before it burns down is that they do a version of the ritual that doesn't have any of the blood yet like they don't have right. a, a vessel for the demon and they don't have the the blood on the the statue or maybe they do no they do have the statue at this point so they get the statue and doing the chant around the statue gets them to make contact and they take a bunch of pictures of it and they can see like it's like spirit photography you can see the demon behind so like making establishing contact i think is what makes the mold start to grow on that site right and the mold doesn't the mold is like a weapon they use for mind control and they give it to annabelle they use it sometimes on junkies or like for creativity. They give it to the girl they're also going to sacrifice. Yeah, I think it's like uh, it's like readying you. It's like a piece of its dimension and sort of like getting you all lubed up to be in the alien dimension. I right. guess. I mean, it's it makes as much sense as it needs to. Um, yeah, you know. that's sort of most of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You mentioned Stranger Things, and it really, I really suddenly. I realize this is an algorithm show, right? This yeah. is them looking at Lovecraft Country and Stranger Things and all those and being like, get us get, get us another one of those. This is very much uh, like Lovecraft Country and Stranger Things uh, colliding in a blender uh, and being written poorly. Yeah, this one feels disingenuous. Like what those shows have that made them something everybody's talking about is that they felt like they were at least written from a perspective of like care <laughs> yeah of like a yeah and this feels more cynical to me this feels like they wanted to get that result but they didn't really have a story uh and they didn't really care to think it feels too like hard about it. it it feels like yeah it uh, i don't i totally see what you're saying i hesitate to call it totally cynical i think this feels like the pop horror version of uh, of Lovecraft Country and Stranger right. Things, and it's Stranger Things. It's like they're both both of those shows. Stranger Things more so are kind of pop horror adjacent, but I wouldn't necessarily call them pop horror because they're a little bit more thoughtful. Well, here's yeah, here's what I'll say is the big difference is both of those shows, for all their flaws and 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 benefits and such, 
they they think about their characters. Yes. They're focused on the people. Very this, much so, yeah. None of these characters I gave a shit about. No. Because they had very little personality. They never really did much to make them likable. Uh, and it's a lot of people just saying things about them. Yeah. You know, we learn about Dan's past because people say it. Yeah. Um, everybody's like, hey, you're not going to do anything again, are you? You know how you have an issue with mental health. Like, it's a lot of that. Um, it's a lot of the, the Virgil being like, I, I, we did a background check on you and I'm going to tell you the things about you that I know. Uh, and so like, there's no real, there's a lot of charisma missing from the, uh, characters. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. And it's not character driven. Like we said, it feels like their decisions are based off of how to get the mystery box this was an issue I largely had with Westworld as well, where it was like characters just did things or withheld things or tolerated things because if they didn't, we wouldn't have a mystery. Yeah. And that makes them not characters. It makes them mannequins that the writers are sh- like moving around the scene to scene. They're, they're rats in a maze. Yeah. That's it. It's, yeah. It, unfortunately. Yeah. That's, that's really, there's, there's such a lack of charisma. Yeah, for sure. Which is a shame. There's a lot of good elements here. Um, yeah, and I would say all of these actors seemed like good actors. Like it's it's this isn't this has nothing to do with the actors. Uh, it's no? all about like I don't feel like you gave them. There's a stuff couple to do. There's a couple of weird accents in this. Like um, some of the and, and it made it. Uh, Annabelle has a couple of strange deliveries, but uh, that actress is English, so I think that has something to do with it. And then sure, like in the yeah. flashback sequence. Uh, the actress who's playing the main cult leader, I forget what her, Iris, I think is the character's name, is supposed to be British, but it's like a really shaky British accent. (laughs) So like there's, I didn't, there wasn't too much, uh, the kid's good. There's a little girl that lives in the uh, apartment building that is going to be like the focus of the, of the 1994 ritual um, that Melody forms a uh, quick, an early friendship with. Um, so yeah, I, like there's uh, the the acting is is totally fine for most of it. There's just a couple yeah. of weird deliveries, so I can't. There's really... only so many times you can say "fuck you," right? There's <laughs> the only scene. so many times you can have the same scene of you storming in indignantly, screaming "fuck you" at a character, and the character being like, "Calm down, calm down. Are we cool? Are we cool now? Yeah, we're cool, but fuck you still. All right, but we're still cool, right? You're like you're still gonna do the the thing, so we can still have a show. Yeah, and then they leave, yeah. and that's the scene. Yeah. yeah, that's that scene happens at least once an episode. Yeah. It really uh, does. I can't stress uh, enough uh, that at least more than one time a character does the fuck you yeah, and walks the, away. The fuck you storm out scene. It happens. Yeah. No, no, no kidding. Probably once an episode at least. They really lean on the word fuck in general as like, especially towards the, the last only half. Swear. Yeah. yeah. Especially towards the last half. It's really like, obviously we're not prudes here or anything but it's it's you're right it's like it no, seems no. like they eschew any other swear word <laughs> except for right. fuck in the, what, in, the, yeah, in what, the show yeah what i mean by that isn't yeah being like oh they're saying the f word too much it's more of like i'm imagining the script writing and at no point did the writer say like when you're writing in general i i try to do this as much as possible if i feel like i'm leaning on a specific word i'll do like a you know control f uh and i'll look and like it might not even be a, a particularly like strong word. You'd think they'd be like, "Man, characters just keep saying fuck." We're saying fuck a lot. Yeah, let's like, can let's we, change can it we up. Can we have them? 
Let's yeah, mix just it up. Have them, yeah. have them say shit. Like, like it's it's that basic where it's like it's just the repetition feels sloppy in a way that you would do a second or third draft and you'd notice that and go, oh, I'm gonna make this a little more dynamic. Yeah, it's uh, an, it's another signifier of subpar writing. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt by saying it's cynical, um, because it's more it feels more of like let's just write this yeah <laughs> like that this is what they want they want this fucking mystery box show all right let's just write it out nothing really makes enough sense we're not going to try hard enough to like really explore these questions um or the potential of this premise or even really spend a lot of time thinking about what the characters are thinking in any given scene uh so it just sort of i don't know like you're right, the first half of this is better than the second. Yeah, but for sure. even the first half, I wasn't by like four, three or four episodes in. I had this moment, and because I was watching with Hana, and I was just like, "So we're committed to this show," and she's like, "Yeah," and it's like, "But it's not a great show," and it's like, "Yeah," it's like, "Okay," like the uh, you know, it was that. It was like I'm I'm perfectly fine watching this show because I'm in bed. I'm I'm I got a few more hours before I want to like go to sleep. I'm, I got my crossword puzzles, and it's like, yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you watch uh, TV like a 68-year-old man. I absolutely do. In um, bed with a crossword puzzle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's the fucking end of Fargo in our house uh, where we're like sitting in bed watching TV. Um, it, it's fine. It's fine. I've, I've accepted this about mm-hmm. myself. Sure. And so the point is that as a sh- as something to watch, if you need something to watch and you don't need to think about it too much and you don't care, it's fine. It's acceptable. But the moment they were like, ooh, season two, we haven't even gotten to the fact that Dan at the end goes back in time to the 90s. He's stuck in 1994 and she, yeah. Melody, they switch places. Melody's in the present. He's in 94. Yeah. In fact, very specifically, he goes to the moment Kurt Cobain was announced dead. Um that's how they signifies the 90s yeah uh which is fine it was just very it was very funny to me for this scary music to be happening and this like reveal it's the mtv news report kurt loader on mtv news giving the announcement that kurt cobain was dead it was like kurt loader and it was like oh no no i'm in the 90s and (laughs) they they and then of course they they zoom out and you can see the reflection of the world trade center and it's like no i got it i got it show you don't have to yeah it's fine Whatever. i understand like i didn't you yeah gave, I didn't you gave that. you gave me enough clues when he kept asking the nurse what year it was and she wouldn't answer him like i already knew i didn't need to see kurt loader and also the world trade center right and i think you texted me this and that this is the best way to describe this show is that it thinks we're idiots yeah. um and it really is going all the way back to it's network TV post lost where it's like, it really spells everything out. It doesn't complicate. It doesn't ask a lot of complicated questions or deal with morality. Everything's very straightforward. They tell you, you know, don't worry about these things. And so there's a place for that type of TV. Uh, it just felt to me of like, man, like, I don't know. We should we should probably expect better. Uh, yeah, but I, I get mean, it. there was there was people involved in this, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Benson and Moorhead directed episode three and four. Those are the guys okay. that did Spring and and uh, the Endless. 
Oh, and they're fantastic. I love them. They have a new movie out called Something in the Dirt that I'm really excited to watch. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, I is think that it's, out, I, out? No, I think it's a Sundance movie, I think. It's just, I'm just starting to see, like, a uh, buzz about it. So I, th- and I think it's a Sundance movie. Anyway. Right. Well, again, all right. So going on the direction, this is very well directed. Yes. Um, this yeah. is This is, like, all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, this, all, like, good, good performances, good direction. It just ultimately didn't feel like they did enough uh, in the writing. And then the idea of asking, like, uh, ending with, and so stay tuned for season two, my thought was like, no, mm. I don't think I will. I'm all like, set. Uh, yeah, I don't, you didn't, you really didn't impress me enough in the story that I would watch season two. Yeah, that's, I think Man, that's, I, I think do that's go back I've, and uh, landed, though. Yeah, I do want to go back and watch the Benson and Moorhead episodes knowing that, though, because... I really like I really like the movies they make. Yeah, it's episodes three and four. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's early. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> holy shit. I'm sorry. Holy shit. Sorry, I just clicked on um, Moorhead. You know what else he's directing? Uh, it's Moon Knight, right? It's Moon Knight. Yeah. Are you fucking me right now? Oh, I'm so excited for I that. I am not fucking you, no. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's man, fuck. That makes me really excited. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Yeah, they've directed all six episodes. They sure did. Oh. <laughs> fuck. So, fuck yeah. yeah, I had forgotten that when we were talking about Mood Night on Hypecast last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm uh, more even more cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah. It's at least going to look good. It's at least it's it will at least, at least, least look, really look good. good. Yeah. So that'll be I would cool. I would love them to get to write more stuff because that is a lot of their strength as well. Like had they written Archive 81, I bet it would I would have really liked it. Uh but yeah, yeah. probably would have been a little similar to The Endless. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Fuck, everybody go see Spring and The Endless and Synchronic. I liked Synchronic too. I haven't watched that one. I need to. It's good. It's good. Fuck. All right. <laughs> So yeah, so that's Archive eighty one, everyone. Hmm. Uh, check it out or don't. Yeah, you 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 understand now where where you you see where we're coming from. We expected more from the writing. Um, but there's some there's some good spook 'em up bits in there. I don't know. You may enjoy it more than we did. Yeah, it's a fun show. I just I have very little patience for Mystery Box. Yes, and I, so I, I am at least thankful that they answered all of the important questions pretty much in this season. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Don't leave any. Yeah. Because I'm not, I don't, I hate when I have to keep watching a show just so that I understand what has happened in the show. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, if I'm phrasing that correctly, like just characters inexplicably withholding pieces of information uh, is frustrating to me. Anyway. Yes. We've, we've talked about that before, but that's, you know, whatever. That's not the only issue we had with the writing as I, I think we, I think we've, we've made our case. That's fine. That's fine. We can yeah, be done. I, I, I don't feel like um, I need to uh, explain myself. No. I think I've done a fair job of that. Explain myself to I've, you people. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. We should probably wrap this up. Listen, folks, we have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Uh, if you go on there, there's some exclusive podcasts. 
like Tom and Jeff watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a maniac. Mm. There's also um, uh, uh, Star Trek The Next Futurama and Spielboys. Uh, the, both of those, we're going to get bo- new ones for that on our, on our channel very soon. So yeah. keep an eye out for that. Uh, we also have a store. Head over to GameplayUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of things. Check that out. Check it out. Check, folks. check, check it out. And uh, go fucking go watch The Endless in yeah. spring. Yeah, do that. Do that stuff. Yeah, yeah do that. You goofs. If, it, it, and I guess watch Moon Knight. If there's anything I got out of this, it's that. Well, I'm going to so, go bleed on a statue and see if I can go back. Into, I'm going to go bleed on an Independence Day toy and see if I can go back. In time. <laughs> yeah, bleed on statues, folks. Yeah, bleed on statues until they send you back to the day Kurt Cobain died. 